0: Greetings, fellow captains, and welcome back to Rank Amateur, in what may very likely be the last episode of 2021. can hardly believe that this year is over. Um, it seemed so short, and it wasn't particularly a very good one. Uh, I'm sure many of you will agree with me. Although, for this podcast, it was a very good one indeed. We had our interviews with uh, various other content creators, such as the Mighty Jingles, um, and that was very cool as well as a huge growth in listenership. Anyways, um, I am not dead. I just have been very busy uh, with the holiday season, um, and school always uh, slams you before holiday break because they just want to make sure that you don't forget how much school sucks over the break. So um, I was busy with that most of the time, and I did not have time to put together a podcast episode, but I did have time over the holiday break, too. So we will be doing a podcast episode on one of my new favorite ships, the Tier VIII Premium Dutch cruiser De Seven Provincia. And I'm really trying hard to pronounce that right. I think that's how you pronounce it, but I'm just going to call it the DZP. But, as per usual, we'll be going over the news in World of Warships. Uh, so far, the uh, there hasn't been too much news. Um well, actually, no, I changed it. There's been some news. So um we've uh, had a few things introduced into World of warships. The new year updates have obviously been live for a while. Um there's a new German battleship, battle cruiser things. They're more of a battleship. they're not like your traditional like British battleship. Um, sort of things like Brit- or well, I mean British battle cruisers, where that's light armor, big guns, high speed. It's generally well, at least at low tiers, small guns, lots of armor, pretty decent speed. Now at high tiers, it kind of gets blurred because they're basically just really fast battleships. Um, they do have worse armor than you know like Grosser Kefist or the, the traditional like German battleship line what we've come to know and love for uh, many years. Uh, they are very, very strong. They are arguably some of the best ships in the game um, as it goes right now. Uh, and there's a full, a full complete tech tree of them that goes all the way from tier 3 to tier 10. Um, and in case you maybe haven't been playing World of Warships a whole lot, the ships' names are got the tier 3 Von der Tann, the tier uh, 4 Motke, uh, the Deflinger in uh, tier 5, the Mackinson at tier 6, the Prince Heinrich. At uh, tier 7, the tier 8 is the Zaten. the tier 9 is the Prince Rufert. Um, yeah, I didn't pronounce that right. I'm sorry. And then you got the tier 10 Schlieffen. I'm sorry, Schlieffen's such a German name. Like, may as well call it the Hans Franz or something like that. It's. I don't know, I like it. um, I'm pretty sure it's named after the same person who came up with the Schlieffen plan in World War I. Don't quote me on that, but I think that's what it is. So basically. Um, they have a low main battery gun count. Uh, tier 10's only got 8. Um, they're really accurate, though. Uh, the secondary guns are absolutely insane. There's, like, there's more than the Grosser Kurfürst on the Schlieffen. Um, they're really accurate. They have a long firing range. I think it has a longer firing range than the Grosser Kurfürst. Uh, they have good concealment. Uh, they have very slow torpedoes, but they're extremely long range. So essentially what it is, is the principle behind this, Is that the torpedoes are the same as they're on every german ship right but they're slower so essentially you these most torpedoes are powered by like compressed air or something like that or something like that and you can get you can set the valves in there so that the fuel or compressor or whatever releases very quickly making the torpedo go fast but you have less range well essentially the german ships did the opposite they dialed down the valves they slow down the torpedoes to get a longer range and they are very strong. I think it's got a 13, five kilometer range, um, on the Schlieffen. And it kind of just goes down to the tier seven, which is the first tier that has the, um, torpedoes. They do have small HP pools though. Uh, Schlieffen, uh, the, I think Schlieffen has around 70 K ish, 70, 80 K, very, very small amounts for tier 10. Um, however they are extremely well armored uh they do not have a turtle back which um is a bit of a, a issue uh they are reined in by their survivability what i'm saying they're extremely su- strong on the offensive they're not super strong on the defensive um, they have ice i think all of them have ice have uh, extremely good armor like they're kind of like soviet like better soviet ships essentially soviet battleships they're extremely strong when angled but their broadsides are extremely weak and can be citadeled by many a heavy cruiser so yes um they have uh tier six or the tier six the mackinson has hydro so that's a thing uh that's very good they have soviet damage control so essentially you got that you got a really short cooldown on it but it does have a limited number of charges so once you run out you run out um uh they have short-range guns and extremely bad penetration on the uh ap rounds it's really really what these are is they're just um uh prince Iotil friedrich um or frederick whatever you want to call it um they're just all of that sort of play style of different tiers. And someone said or a lot of people are saying many years ago when the PEF came out that this is what the new battle cruiser line was going to look like and that assumption was entirely correct. Um just with torpedoes, you know. Uh so yeah, they're very strong. I don't I don't think they're overpowered though. They're very strong. There's no there's no doubting that. They are extremely strong, but I do not think they're overpowered. Uh, I think they're a good addition to the game. Just like I thought, the Dutch cruisers were a good in, uh, introduce, or introduction to the game. They have a different play style. They kind of you know spice up the game. Uh, anyways, enough about that. Um, yeah, you got the dockyard with the Malborough. Don't don't do it. Don't don't even unless you just want the rewards for the completing the dockyard. Don't even bother with it. This ship is awful. I I would recommend getting Repulse. Repulse is good. Um, if you want a quick shakedown on what Repulse is, it's a British Battlecruiser, extremely fast, can get up to 38 knots speed, I believe it has a speed boost, I think? Um, yeah, and it, uh, has a 16mm bow though, so, yeah, its armor is extremely bad, but it has, it's the most, I believe it's the most accurate battleship in the game now, besides maybe the Thunder, so, like, maybe, like, second place, third place, something like that, it's extremely accurate. Uh, they you can also get the Dreadnought, which well, that needs no explanation. The Dreadnought, the most famous battleship in um, well, pretty much like it like when you think of battleship, when people think of battleship, people think of the Dreadnought basically. Like, yeah, it's it it was the ship that every other ship of its time was compared to. Um, I've wanted it myself, but it's pretty expensive for a Tier 3 premium. I think it comes with the price of, like, a Tier 5 premium, because, you know, it's so famous. Um, but yeah, that would be cool to get. I'm going to try and get it by the time the dockyard's over. I don't really want the Repulse. I really don't. I I like my cruisers. I don't need a super huge cruiser. Um, it's a strong ship, just not for me. Don't take that as me saying that it's bad. It's a very good ship. It's just, I would not like it, so that's why I'm not going to get it. Uh, and then the Marlborough. Tier 9 British Battleship. It's essentially a Vanguard with 16 guns. Yes, I did say 16 guns. They're sixteen, are 16 356mm guns, or 14-inch guns, with a 1.4 Sigma rating and atrocious accuracy. Uh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter that much when you're throwing 16 shells at the target, but the ship is so bad that it's... It's easily the worst dockyard ship out of any of these. Like, some people are saying that the DZP is bad, which it's not. It's very good. Um, but... This thing puts the his the Heisen the uh, the Anchorage. It puts them to shame. Like the Heisen was decent, the Anchorage was eh. This thing's just bad. Don't even don't even bother with it. Its Citadel literally is pretty much deck level. Like it's that bad, and the side armor is atrocious. The speed isn't great. The it doesn't have anything special about it other than you know anything. In the game can basically citadel it. I think light cruisers can citadel this thing. It's... No. And it's a huge target, too. So, yeah. No. Uh, new submarine tweaks. Uh, submarines being updated in 11.0 to be buffed. So, yeah. People are like, oh my god, they're going to buff submarines. It's all so stupid. Uh, it is stupid, but no one plays submarines, so I don't really care. <laughs> submarines are the most boring thing to play. Everyone's like, oh, they're overpowered. Well, they kind of are. I mean... The fact that they can just dive and you can't hit them with anything, except, like, if you... Like, I play my Ohotnik, there's no ASW weapons on that thing. I can literally not do anything about them unless they're surfaced. And, you know, God knows you can't dodge anything in an Ohotnik because of how long it is. Um, yeah, but it's... They're bad. They're nerfing depth charges, uh, or depth charge airstrikes. You get only one aircraft, and that aircraft takes... Or has less bombs but they're increasing the bomb damage by like 20 percent it yeah it's stupid but no one plays them so i've i could count on one hand well i couldn't count on one hand but like i there's i rarely see submarines in battles and i can count on the fingers of one hand how much they've actually had an impact on the outcome of battle and that's i think once they sank a leander that was holding a choke point so that's that's about it and we we lost that match for for other reasons, <laughs> uh, new camouflages, uh, new commemorative flags, and things like that. Uh, uh, there's uh, new uh, ships and or wait, oh yeah, new ships being tested. Um, Forest Sherman, pool, Canarius, and Ditto. I'm excited for the Ditto and the Canarius. Uh, Forrest Sherman, eh, it's a coal ship. It's a destroyer. I really don't want it um, in the Stevespool, uh, I believe, is that, that's Research Bureau, I think, uh, the Canarias is a Spanish ship, so a new tech, or new tech tree probably coming, and that's Spain, this is a premium ship, though, it's a British County-class cruiser on flying the Spanish flag, basically, except this one can only shoot armor-piercing and has that burst fire mode that we've seen in the, um, uh, geez, uh, super ships, why can I not think of that? Um, basically, it has a 40-second reload. It gets, and the burst is like a two-second reload or something like that. It's, it'll be good. It's not going to be game-breaking, or at least the way it was, or the way it was when I saw it. Uh, ditto, Tier Six Atlanta, basically, uh, a very famous ship. Uh, I've been waiting for this to be introduced for a long, long time. Uh, game balance changes. They buffed Zhao 2,000 more hit points to it. They decreased dispersion on the Soviet Tier-8 cruiser Talon. I have, I don't have a whole lot of experience with the Talon, so I can't tell you if it's necessary or not, but it I haven't noticed it being overpowered, so, you know. Um, they reduced the destroy detectability of destroyer Fubuki, Japanese Tier-6, 6, to 6.92 kilometers from 7.02 kilometers. Uh, it's okay. Uh, Pan-Asian destroyer, uh, Tier-10 destroyer Yu Yang, uh, increase the torpedo damage from 17,000 to 18,000. Or 17,900 to 18,800. Probably not game-breaking either. Um, oh, yeah. So, Paolo Emilio's 135mm uh, guns were not dual-purpose historically. So, they said they were going to take them out of her AA defenses. Um, so, basically, yeah. Nerf Paolo Emilio's AA. I don't know if that fixes that ship, but, you know. That ship's not broken. It really isn't. All it does is it just charge and maybe kills one or two ships before it dies itself so it's really not that uh um you know game breaking uh they have new uh sound presets so that's cool uh they extended the rank battle seasons um to avoid a long break between the current and following seasons of rank battles um uh, new bots behavior in the co-op battles uh, basically what they did is they said you can't have five battleships or five destroyers on any of the sides, uh, bots fire more accurately now. So, yeah, that's basically it. Um, they've changed the sequences to buying ships, um, and you know, we're getting in the weeds here. Yeah, just some other different, uh, changes. Yeah, nothing that anybody actually cares about. So, that's pretty much it. Well, actually, no, that's not it. What am I saying? Um, basically what's going on now is uh, they have the Novorinsk. Uh, it's a Julio Cesar that's tier six in Soviet, because the Julio Cesar was transferred to the Soviet Union. Um, it's a nerfed version of the Julio Cesar, because the Julio Cesar is very overpowered at tier six, or so people say. I've never actually been uh, faced a Julio Cesar and been like, oh my god, the thing's overpowered. Uh, I I've killed many Julio Cesar, same as any other battleship. But anyways yeah people kind of went crazy on it and um yeah Uh, it's okay it's a tier six battleship yeah uh new year's night uh uh thing it's one of those like aircraft bureaus thing if you play world of warships you know what i'm talking about basically you pick a team you do a bunch of missions and whichever team wins gets like or, or based on how far your team gets you can get like rewards and stuff it's it's cool. You get a few rewards uh, if you do. If you get super sweaty on it, you can get like uh, different commanders and things because there's like you have to pick like each of these ice giants or whatever. Each of them, you know, it's basically just you know like the aircraft bureaus thing. It's it's okay. It's cool. You can get some permanent camouflages. Uh, big news is uh, basically another Napoli came out, um, Giuseppe Verdi. Uh, it's a tier nine battleship. Well, it's literally just a cut and paste Marco Polo. Um and they adjusted a few parameters. Basically, it has better concealment, better rudder shift time, uh anemic HE, horrible accuracy on its um main battery guns, like way worse than Marco Polo. And it's got or yeah, it will has HE on its uh primaries, and on the secondaries it's got SAP. So it's just battleship basically battleship Napoli. It's got the exhaust smoke, no torpedoes, obviously. And, um, yeah, it's only available for doubloons, though. I really don't recommend buying it. it. does not seem worth it. Um, it's not worth 77 bucks. None of these ships are worth 77 bucks. I do not recommend buying any of them. Um, anyways. But, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it. And, uh, oh, wait, another piece of news. They announced, um, what, uh, the new test ships are gonna be available for. So, the Forest Sherman is gonna be available for coal. The, um devs pool is going to be available for research points um forget which the other one i'm missing but uh the uh, incomparable which has been in development for since july actually so it's going on six months so yeah because it's really hard ship to balance um it it's gonna be available for steel big letdown because I was saving up my coal, like, this whole time to get this thing, because I thought it was going to be a coal ship, and people were like, Oh my gosh, it's going to be a really good coal ship, and it's for steel, so, you know, that feels great. I really wanted it, and to be honest, a big portion of it is because it has Shikishima gun sound effect, and if, for those of you who don't play World of Warships, imagine, like, the music quieting down, and then your guns firing, and it's just huge noise, it's beautiful because it has, like, second biggest guns in the game, uh, five hundred six millimeter guns? Um, anyways, yeah, and it was gonna be just the weirdest ship ever, because it's completely unique, it's like a cruiser with 20-inch guns, basically, um, and it's for steel, so I'm never gonna get it, because I've gotten 3,000 steel my entire time of playing World of Warships, because I don't play clan battles, and, uh, yeah, so that's, that's cool. That was a big letdown, so I'm probably gonna get Napoli now because I was trying to decide between Yoshino and Carnot, and I was like Wait, why don't I just get Napoli? Napoli's like more unique than any of them, so I'm gonna get Napoli So uh, or at least that's the plan right now And then I'm also gonna treat myself to a Christmas present I'm gonna buy the Huga or the Weimar or the Vimer I think is how you pronounce it technically or maybe both So you can expect those reviews coming up in the future. Uh, I still have to review the Sirocco uh, I got that in the process of doing the dockyard for the uh, DCP, so uh, that that's a neat ship. I suck at destroyer gameplay, so um, but this ship, that ship's been more fun than the Eagle to play. Like it is an ambush predator. You you just sneak up on destroyers, pop the reload booster, and just murder them. It's it's actually a lot of fun. Anyways, let's get into the history of the DZP. So, the DZP did not have a very interesting history. I don't know if you guys know, but it um, essentially was meant to be a replacement for the Java class, which is a tier 3 in World of Warships. Yes, the Dutch were using tier 3s and tier 4s in World War Two, because they didn't. There's tons of budget cuts and they were woefully unaware of the uh, situation with the Germans and everything. Yeah, so it was a big, big deal um, that this was going to be their replacement. Um, and essentially, they were laid down as something as the Kajikdun. Uh, which is the, well, yeah, the, uh, the Seven Provincen was laid down as the Kaijukdin, uh, which is seen at Tier 6 in World of Warships. Yes, this, that design was actually laid down, and it was intended to be completed as it is in World of Warships. That's actually a pretty realistic, uh, interpretation of, um, you know, what it would have looked like. But, um, that was changed... Um, and the design was then meant to incorporate 10 uh, Bofors 152mm guns. So it would have, and it was renamed the, uh, or well, the sister ships, the De Debreuter, was renamed the Endracht, which um, is the tier 7 in World of Warships. And then the Germans, after just after these things were laid down, the Germans overran the Netherlands, and uh, construction progressed very, very slowly. And the Germans then changed the design a little bit, uh, it was changed so that these ships, or at least the destroyer, had an Atlantic bow. Uh, they reconfigured some of the, little bit of the hull, uh, to make it look what it, the actual base hull look like, what it is in the game. And um, so when the Germans were defeated, the Dutch, again, resumed construction on their ships, and to an even more modified design, they decided to beef up the superstructure, put some more anti-aircraft guns on, reorder, re-order guns from Bofors, um, so it was an all-Bofors gun outfit, every single gun on the ship, as completed, was Bofors Manufactured, which is a Swedish company, interestingly enough. So, there was, uh, a, a bit of a cross-European, uh, kind of collaboration even before the European Union. And, um, it was meant to incorporate lessons learned from the war, so you got those huge tripod masts with the enormous radar arrays. I believe those are... one's an air search, and one's a surface search, so... Uh, which ones which I don't know. I'd assume the bigger one's an air search radar, but I guess I don't know. Um, yeah, so all sorts of radar arrays and things like that. It was one of the most sophisticated and advanced ships of its time, and it served as several NATO flagships because of the just the huge command center capability and uh, intelligence arrays and things that were on it. Uh, it was converted back to being a um, so eight gun armed ship with the Bofors 152s. Uh, those I don't, I can't find if those were dual purpose or not. But um, they are in World of Warships, and Bofors was known for making guns, or very large anti-aircraft guns, so I'm going to assume they were, um, just, and then because of their range of motion that they had, it's, it makes sense if they were um, also meant to be uh, anti-aircraft guns. So there were, there were two ships in this class that were completed, uh, the De Seven Provincia, uh, the DZP, and then the De Reuter, uh, which was named after... The Deroyer, which was a ship that sank in 1942 in the Battle of Java Sea, you'll I think if you go back to my episode about uh, Abdicom, you'll see I mentioned the De Reuter in that, uh, and the, the De Reuter, that Deroyer was named after the Admiral uh, DeReuter, who was an absolute mad lad of an admiral. Uh, one of the most skilled and famous in history basically sailed the Dutch fleet all the way up the Thames River destroyed the British Royal Navy and took their um, like their capital ship, their flagship as a prize and brought it back to the Netherlands so yeah he was an absolute mad lad anyways, um, so let's get into the specifications Specifications. so we have a displacement of 9,750 tons a length of uh, 590 feet 6 inches or 180 meters I uh, that's, um, I believe, at the waterline overall, it has a 185.5 meters, or 609 feet overall. Um, yeah, so the beam is 17, uh, 17.3 meters, or, 100, or 56, feet, 56 feet, what am I saying? 56 feet 8 inches. The draft is 5.6 meters, or 18 feet 6 inches, so a fairly shallow draft for a cruiser of its size. Um, the armament, It consisted of those 852mm uh, Bofors guns. You got 857mm uh, 2.24 inch uh, Bofors and then 840mm uh, Bofors. So, yeah, quite a potent array of uh, uh, anti aircraft guns. And remember, these are basically all radar controlled, so they will be very accurate. Um, the machinery consisted of geared steam turbines, four boilers, and two shafts. Remember, uh, this ship was modif- originally planned to have just the boilers in one area and then the shafts, in, or not the shafts, the turbines in another, but that was shifted um, after the Dutch resumed construction um, after the war, so you had the alternating um, boiler shafts, so you have, like, boiler on one side, and then on the other side of that boiler, you'd have a, a turbine, and then the, in the next section, you'd have uh, it uh, flipped around essentially. So, uh, that way if a torpedo hit, uh, in one spot, it could not take out the uh, entire propulsion system of the ship. And that was learned after, well, uh, many a ship in World War II had that happen to them. So they switched up the design. Um, yeah, so these were overall pretty successful ship designs. Unfortunately, It didn't see really any service. They were commonly used as, um, uh, flagships, as I said, because they had, you know, massive superstructures that were able to host command centers, uh, tons of radar arrays, and things like that. Very good for tracking intelligence. Um, yeah, so these ships were completed in 1953, both of them. So yes, they spent like over, I think, like 15 years in construction. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, so the uh, they were the Seven Province in class or Provincia class. They're also called the Andract class, um, as I mentioned before, and uh, they. Were eventually sold to the Peruvian Navy. Um, the De Reuter was acquired by the Peruvian Navy in 1973 and renamed Admiral de Grau. Um And it was not modified. Basically, it was like almost in its original configuration because the Netherlands did not have the funds to modify it, so they just sold it. Uh, it, it was they figured it was cheaper just to maintain a larger fleet of smaller vessels rather than having these two basically capital ships. Um, and it uh, served until 2017. Um yeah so that's pretty crazy and it's still in existence it is still in existence it is a uh, Peruvian museum ship or it's being fitted out to be a Peruvian museum ship uh in Peru and the de 7 provincia was not so lucky it was bought in 1976 uh by that time the the rear two um turrets had been taken off to be fitted with uh, RIM t- or RIM-2 Terrier missile systems those were removed when they were sold to Peru and fitted with just a simple hangar. and it was used until the uh, 1999 uh, it, it was renamed Aguirre Guri in the Peruvian Navy and it was decommissioned and scrapped oh I believe I did not uh, mention the uh, uh, endurance or anything like that so it could make 32 knots it would uh, steam for 6,900 nautical miles at uh, 12 knots, so it was a little on a slow side for its endurance. Um, It had uh, 75 to 100 millimeters of armor on the belt, and it had uh, 25 to, yeah, it had 25 uh, millimeter protective decks, and it had a large complement, almost 900 men for a single cruiser. Yeah, so these were really sophisticated cruisers, and they were very useful to NATO. I cannot find any record of them serving in, like, Indonesia or anything like that, so that's, um, that's kind of interesting or any other, uh, like Vietnam or anything like that, so I suppose Vietnam, no Vietnam was going on at that time, so yeah, I don't, I cannot find any record of service there, so they're basically just kind of patrolling around, you know, the North Sea and everything like that during the Cold War, so yeah, not super interesting service, but you know, sometimes that's just the way it goes for certain ships. Up next, we're going to do the World of Warships version of this episode, and that's when things get very interesting. Alright, so I am now in World of Warships, and, uh, can I just say that this is one of the prettiest looking ships that I have in my port. Especially with this awesome dockyard camouflage that, it looks like the Dutch Coast Guard, or, well, it looks like every Coast Guard, basically. That's what, that's what, uh, one of my friends said when he saw this camouflage, he was like, is that a Coast Guard ship? Because um, of the uh, forward slash on the hulls, but it's uh, called war paint, and it I think it's pretty exquisite. Um, everyone got this camouflage on their Deception Provincian or Provincia the DZP because of uh, the dockyard. It came with it. Um, yeah, and I I really enjoy this ship. It's it's a sh- kind of ship that you either love it or you hate it, and I'm firmly of that. I love it, and uh, that's maybe. I mean, I don't think it's influenced by it, but maybe it's influenced by the fact that I ground for this ship. I paid the minimum amount of money you could possibly pay to get the dockyard done, and completed everything else by completing the missions. Um, And yeah, I I can't say I regretted it. I really did... I enjoyed the grind. Uh, Towards the end, it got a little bit tedious, but most of the way, it was was pretty cool. And um, I I really do like playing this. And it does fit in the uh, holiday port very well. Just kind of blends in with the color scheme. Anyways, let's actually get into, um, you know, the re- the review of this ship. <laughs> um, so the armor scheme is possibly the weirdest armor scheme in the World of Warships. Maybe behind that of the Yamato? Eh. Actually, no, it, it's not, it's the weirdest armor scheme that I've seen in World of Warships. Someone has yet to show me a ship that has as weird of an armor scheme as the D7, or the DZP. Well, just call it the DZP. Um so it does have basically twenty five millimeter plating on the very tip of the bow and the very and the like the top like deck of the stern and like a little bit around to the side of it um it has twenty seven millimeter decks yes uh, you heard that right it has twenty seven millimeter decks uh means it will bounce fifteen inch guns if they land on the deck um however, the bow can be overmatched by um anything other than higher than three hundred fifty six millimeter guns. Um, so yeah, that's, that's typical light cruiser. The Citadel is super thin on this ship, but, um, we'll get to that in a second. Um, th- so yeah, decks 27mm, these turrets are not very well armored, they have 100mm plating on the for- uh, the front and 50mm plating everywhere else. Um, yeah, so that's, eh, it's decent. Um, the superstructure is 13mm, so yes, anything can farm you on the superstructure. Um, the upper belt is 25 millimeters, uh, not super great, but it's, it's okay. It's pretty average. Um, things get interesting. The, uh, there is an extra deck on the top of the, uh, Citadel that is 25 or 20 millimeters. So it can be overmatched by a lot of things, but the Citadel roof itself is 30 millimeters. So not a lot can overmatch that. You have to have that 460 or no, actually no, th- you have to have 357s to overmatch it, I believe. Um, yeah, and then um, the athwartship Ship, Citadel athwart ship, is 50 millimeters, and the Stern Citadel of Ship is only 16 millimeters. So, yes, you will eat some bands through the stern, especially if they come through a high angle through the stern. Um, that's not a great part of it. However, the, uh, the belt armor. Belt armor is 75 millimeters thick. Nothing can overmatch that, and yeah, it's, it ranges from 50 to 75mm thick, yes, it's not as thick as it was in real life, we all know that. I think it should have been, but, you know, whatever. Um, it's 75mm thick, which is weird thickness, because if you're angled, you'll bounce stuff, but if you're not angled, it'll overpin. Yes, so yeah, no armor, best armor. Um, and they it Citadel sits below, just below the waterline. So that is a definite pickup there. Um, it's not well armored, 30mm plating all the way around, except for the front of Thor ship that has 50mm plating. Um, yeah, so that's not the total weird part of the armor, though. Uh, you do have a 50mm plate that extends up right below, or sort of below where it's c C-802 on the front of the bow, so maybe, uh, I know it's an audio podcast, so you can't see it. I'm sure you've seen the models of this ship, though, if you, especially if you play World of Warships. But, um, it's so maybe about fifteen meters into the ship you have a huge plate of fifty millimeter armor, and it's just got such a weird plate arrangement i don't it's it's hard to hard to describe very difficult to describe this thing used to have kind of a little bit of a turtle back, but they kind of removed that it was pretty useless um The weird part of this armor is the sixty millimeter wrap around plate so your your seventy five millimeter belt goes basically from uh, front turret or bow turret to back turret, or to stern turret, and there's a 60 millimeter plate that wraps around stern. So this ship is very strong kiting. It cannot be overmatched by anything, especially at close range. However, plunging fire will still get through that 25 millimeter rear uh, the tip of the rear st- of the stern, um, and could you know get into your citadel. I've had that happen to me, I think once. Um, yeah, but that's that's definitely very trolley. I did have a what was it? I think it was like a now, and an Iowa shooting at me when I was, uh, kiting. And I was just kind of trying to stall them out. And, uh, yeah, it did not end up too well for them. They, uh, ended up just bouncing off my stern. So that was pretty funny. Um, so let's get into the, uh, real specifications of this ship. All right, so the DZP's main battery consists of four turrets of two guns each, 152 mm 53 caliber Bofors Mark 42 or M42 guns. They have a range of 16.06 kilometers. No way to extend that because it's Tier 8. Uh, they have a reload time of 6.5 seconds. A rate of fire, uh, well, that equals a rate of fire of 9.23 rounds per minute. 180 degree turn time is 22.5 seconds. Uh, the accuracy, you have a Sigma of 2.0, uh, maximum dispersion, of 144 meters, which is, I mean, for eight guns, uh, I wish it really, wish it was a bit more accurate than that. I think it deserves to be a bit more accurate than that. Um, maximum dispersion vertical is 87 meters. Um, so you have 152 millimeter, your HE shells, your 152mm HE shells. You're gonna have a DPM with those of 158,769. The maximum damage is 2,150. You have a shell velocity of 900 meters a second which is pretty decent, although the air drag coefficient on these shells is really high. Like, these shells slow way down uh, as they get out to range, so it actually, even though you have really high velocity, it seems a lot like an American shell, and that's yeah it, it's nothing nothing really fancy it still requires a lot of lead although not as much lead as the americans or the british it still requires more leads than like uh comparable velocity on the like italian stuff your uh, shell weight is 46 kilograms pretty standard depth of explosion three meters Yeah, uh, you have maximum penetration of 30 millimeters um as it stands uh, the burn probability is 11 percent per salvo that's 60 percent and you have approximately 5.6 fires per minute the AP on this sh- uh, ship is pretty good. Um, I mean, it's pretty punchy. You got 3,000 maximum damage, 221,000 uh, DPM. So the DPM on this ship is is a bit lower. There's no going around that. I can't like hide that. That is, yep, that is low DPM there. Um, or well, there's no way of hiding that. Um, the 900 meters a second for the velocity. Same sort of deal with the uh, you know the poor you know, air drag coefficient. Your uh, shells weigh one more kilogram. They're 47 kilogram shells. They have uh, standard ricochet angles, 45 degrees to 60 degrees for the ricochet checks. After 60 degrees, it will guarantee ricochet. Your um, You have a one meter depth explosion. You can overmatch 10 millimeters of armor. And the threshold uh, for arming is 25 millimeters. You do have a fuse timer of 0.025 seconds. So this is short fuse um, AP. So that's what makes it kind of punchy. Uh, although it's not like British short fuse AP the sectors are good And something that is peculiar about the ship is all the turrets are 360 degree turrets So you will always have guns on target which makes dodging shells less painful because you you know You have to switch your your guns around and everything like that Nope, you can fire off on one side then flip to the other side and fire off that side um, So yeah, I like it the airstrike now. This is what makes the Decem- or the DZP special you have 12 Fokker TV uh, aircraft in your HE bomb airstrike, you have 3 flights, the uh, aircraft have 1800 HP, uh, and you have 4 bombs in each payload. The bomb type is the P.U.W. 120kg bomb, and maximum damage is 5,800. You can penetrate 34 millimeters of armor, you can hear all the British and French battleships crying in the corner. Um, and, yeah, these things mostly land on superstructures or ends of ships, so yes, these are punchy bombs. They have a 2 meter depth explosion, you have, uh, a 33% chance of causing fire on target, maximum range is 13 kilometers, I believe this is longer than the Golden Leo, or the Golden Lion, um, so that's what makes this ship special, and it has a 65 second cooldown base, base, and only a 15 second cooldown, or a 15 second, like, From the time you call the airstrike in to where the bombs hit the ocean. Um, Yeah, and also, it's way more accurate. Like, you get these um, tech tree ships, they have a really large area where you're just spreading things out. No, this is, you call all your bombs in a very small space of ocean. But yes, you can easily miss, but if someone gets caught on a rock in front of you, oh man, is it a funeral for them. It's gonna hurt a lot for them. Okay, so AA Defense is amazing on this ship. This is one of the few ships in the game that, yes, I I mean, it's not a recommended build, but if you need an AA ship to protect uh, your battleships or something like that, this is the ship you want to do it with. The uh, the uh, far-range AA, the long-range AA, has a 6.9 kilometer range. Yes, you heard me right, 6.9 kilometer range. You have uh, three inner explosions and one outer explosion. They each do sixteen hundred damage, which curiously is, uh, I believe, the same health as your own planes. Um, oh no, just under the same the, the health of your planes. Uh, every five seconds, uh, they have a one point seven nine second spawn time, and they active from a distance of six point nine to three point five kilometers. And uh, this aura has seventy three point five DPS, which isn't super impressive. The uh, rate of fire is 0.029 second, uh, seconds, and you got um, 21 damage per uh, shot. And the hit probability is 90%. The medium range aura is where this thing gets special. So, the aura has 600, in, or this is 4 kilometers in, has 672 DPS. Yes, you heard that right. The damage is 192. Per shot, you got uh, 0.29 second reload and 90% hit probability. And the reinforcement is 50%. Preparation time is 10 seconds. Or, well, yeah. So you got 10 seconds in between and the 10 second action time. Pretty sure that's normal. Um, you And, yeah. So this, this thing is probably the only cruiser that can stop a strike. Yes, you heard that right. You can stop a strike. I mean tier 8 play, uh, carriers, you will they will feel pain when they attack the ship, especially if you've uh, cracked it out for a oh yeah, especially in the middle, or in the beginning of the battle, yeah this this thing hurts, it hurts a lot for those carriers and for tier 6 carriers a lot of times, they don't even get a few uh, they don't really even get past your midrange aura they don't even get close to your ship, not even close enough to drop torpedoes on you now tier 10 carriers, yeah, I've only gotten into tier 10 matches with this thing, by the way, and I've played like 10 matches, or no more than 10. I think like 15 matches in this thing already. Um, just trying to grind up to the Goliath. So that's why I haven't really played it all that much. I've only gotten to tier 10 matches, and I've stopped a few strikes, especially towards the end of the game when they're low on aircraft and things. Yeah, this this AA is no joke. Like you look at the British heavy cruisers and the Wooster, and that AA hurts and the Holland's A hurts, this AA, oof, it, it is, is better than that. It, it's very good. However, on the survivability, at least on paper, it's not super great. Um, you got 33,800 hit points. I think that's close to worsened here. Uh, you have the fire duration is 30 seconds. You can have four fires, and the probability reduction is 36.6%. Uh, you'll take 3,000 damage from each fire. Uh, the flooding, you have 40 second duration on that, you have two floods, 27% probability damage or damage reduction for torpedoes is 19%, probability reduction is 27%. Yes, this thing does have 19% torpedo damage reduction, that is like battleship levels of torpedo damage reduction, um, so that, yeah, it's pretty good, but I mean, you don't have much hit points to play with, so it kind of doesn't matter. It'll take 3,000 damage from each flood. Um, your concealment is very good. Um, you'll, base, it is 11.52 kilometers, uh, you'll, fi- you'll be seen firing in smoke from 5.6 kilometers away, or 5.64 kilometers away, and when on fire, you'll be seen from 13 kilometers away, uh, and from aircraft, you'll be seen 8.52 kilometers away. You have a maximum speed of 32 knots, um, full power forward is 40 seconds, full power backwards 20 seconds, that can be reduced, uh, turning circle radius is 730 meters, so it's pretty tight, but it's not like, no actually that's pretty good it's not like 600 uh low 600s like you get with the tiger 59 like was like tiger 59 is like 590 or something that's crazy on the tiger 59 but it's it's not crazy levels of maneuverability but yeah it's pretty decent uh i not no real complaints there my complaints come with the acceleration just being atrocious on this ship but um yeah it's it's not the maneuverability i don't really have any complaints about Writer shift time is 9.1 seconds, which is a bit long for a light cruiser, but it's it's still workable. So, the consumables, what does this thing come with? Well, it comes with your er, your standard cruiser damage control. And that's about the only normal thing about this ship. Uh, The next consumable it has is an engine boost. Yes, this thing has an engine boost. Um, So, it's a normal engine boost. You have three consumables. You got 8% speed boost. Uh, Reload time is 120 seconds, and the action time is also 120 seconds. And then, another interesting thing about this, you get a heal. Yes, you do get a heal. There's three heals. You get 0.5% of your HP per second. You have uh, 28 second action time and uh, 40 second reload time on it. Yep, so a short cooldown timer on that. And... um, Yeah, three consumables. I think I said that before, though. Uh, This, unfortunately in testing, this did used to be a super heal. Yes, this was one of those cruisers where it would come back from the dead. Like, you'd get this thing whittled down to about 2,000 hit points. It'd go dark and come back with 20,000 hit points. And you'd be like, what? What the heck? And then, so, with the airstrikes, they thought this thing would be overpowered. And I have a spiel about this airstrikes, and it... It proves the reason why Wargaming has kind of a, they're kind of right when they say that we don't know what would really be balanced. And a lot of the times we're right in that you should listen to the player base and everything like that, but these Dutch cruisers exemplify how the mob mentality of the player base is not always right. Uh, This cruiser would not have been overpowered if it had a super heal; It really wouldn't. Because the amount of DZPs I see get dev-struck because, you know, they, people think, oh, it's a cruiser and everything, like, it's super durable. And no, it's a light cruiser. It will still get dev-struck. And it's not immune to anything that a normal light cruiser would have, especially with these, you know, German destroyers running around. I I really think a superheel would have made this thing strong, but not too strong, but it would have made it desirable. Um, I mean... Not that it isn't desirable. It is still a very desirable ship because its unique characteristics. But, um, yeah, I really think it should still have a super heal. They'll never put it back in because, you know, they don't touch um, yeah, premium ships and especially dockyard ships uh, after the release. But I think that would have been really special. And you'll notice what's lacking. Hydroacoustic Search, no option to mount that, and no option to mount DFA uh, or Defensive Fire, for those of you who don't know. Um, this ship... Would be an AA powerhouse if it had defensive fire. Why they didn't give it defensive fire, because they give basically every cruiser in the game almost defensive fire, that is beyond me. I don't know why, but they really should have given it defensive AA fire. It would have made this ship, although lacking in some characteristics, absolutely unequivocally the best AA ship in the game. Like, the best AA ship in the game. Now, it's it's up there with, like, Holland and Smolland and things where they can, like, pretty much stop strikes. And, like, Montana... And Montana used to be really good at A.A. It's not super great anymore. Like, like old Montana, I'm talking about. Like, pre-AA rework, or CV rework, when carriers would not strike Montanas because the even base, if you didn't build into it, the A.A. was just outstanding. But this is, this is what... It used to be like, like, you'll priority sector your AA and just watch the planes disappear. It's like, click on planes, planes disappear. I don't know if you guys have seen that old Flam video with the, um uh, with the Des Moines, but he, he took, a uh, Des Moines into a training battle with, like, six or seven bot ho in it, and he was just like, click on planes, planes disappear, click on planes, planes disappear, and he was focused his AA fire, and the planes would disappear, and this is mostly what it was like. I remember I was with one of my friends in a training room, and he had his, oh, what did he have, the, the Hermes, the British, uh, tier four carrier, and he took it out, and, And we basically were like, okay, you can pick any of your ships to defeat my uh, DZP. And since he's a new player, he doesn't really have any ships above tier 6. So he thought, oh, I'll take the aircraft carrier. And, um, you know, I'll just wreck him from a distance. Yeah, so he literally went, he got one second into my, um, or like, yeah, like literally instantaneously, once he hit that 4 kilometer uh, mid-range AA aura, his plans were done. I didn't even set a priority sector. They were done. You didn't get any armament off. I got there. I killed him with the airstrikes and um, my guns. It was just, it was laughable. Now, you never see a Hermes in the D7 and or the DZP, however you want to pronounce it. But it's just, you know, proves a point. Alright, so let's get into upgrades. Upgrades are going to take Main Armaments Mod 1, pretty typical. You'll take, in Slot 2, you can take speed boost or engine boost Modification 1 to 30% Action Type uh, increase in the DZP. Although the DZP does not go very fast. It only goes... Oh, jeez, I didn't go over... No, I did go over speed. It only goes 32 knots, so an 8% speed boost brings you up to, like, 35. So it's really not that much. It's just for the acceleration boost. So, yeah, action time you could take that, although I don't recommend spending coal on that. Save uh, Save that for your French cruisers. Just take uh, either engine room protection or damage con. I prefer engine room protection. Um... And for slot three, I'd seriously recommend taking uh, aiming systems mod one, just because the accuracy is not—it's not bad. It's just a, not great. So you can make it pretty great with the the aiming systems. Now for mod, slot four, you can take propulsion or you can take rudder shift. Um, I highly recommend taking rudder shift. Or actually, no, you can take um, you can take the airstrike one. Or is that yeah? You can take airstrike mod one. And yeah, you can take that, or you can take um, steering gears modification one. Although does the airstrike modification one work on Dutch airstrikes? I don't know if it works on Dutch airstrikes. I'd have to be, I'd have to check. I I don't have that because I kitted out my um, uh, DZP before uh, you know they introduced that um, airstrike uh, modification. So I'll have to go change that actually. You could take that. Although I find it more useful to have maneuverability because you're not always going to be sending those airstrikes out. Um, shouldn't be consistently, I'd prefer to have the less, less of a rudder shift time. Um, and then, so you can go a few places with this. I, or with mod five, you could go a few different places with it. I personally prefer, um, that you would take, uh, either like concealment i'd personally take concealment but you could take rudder if you take double rudder you'll get your rudder shift time down to 4.4 seconds and that's pretty astounding but then again the the rate of turn of your ship the turning circle radius starts to play a role if your turning circle radius like this uh, dcp is not super great then um Then it's not really gonna matter. You'll get down to a certain rudder shift where you'll turn your rudder super fast, but your ship won't respond that quickly to the rudder turning. Um, It's just the way hydrodynamics works. I recommend. I find more use out of the concealment modifications, so I can get really close and get my airstrikes off really accurately. Um, You know, but that's that's really your choice. I that's just what I prefer. And uh, for commander skills, we'll go with ten points because. I have not had time to train my Dutch commander up uh, super much because I don't play Dutch ships. I just play the 7 Provincia because I really like it. And I'm going to go probably up the Dutch tree after I finish with the British Heavy Cruisers because I really haven't had much time until this week to play. And I'm really grinding it out this week. Anyways, so first 10 points. I'm going to take Gun Feeder or I'm going to take Grease the Gears. Uh, I prefer gun feeder because you are switching between ammo types on this ship a lot. This ship does have quite potent um, AP, although the penetration is kind of lackluster. Um, I mean, it is more reliable damage, and uh, I mean, I guess I have to really take a look at the penetration charts, but it doesn't seem like the penetration is super great, because I, I struggle to actually Citadel a... Um, Edinburgh I struggled to sit it all in Edinburgh and I think maybe that's cuz he was maneuvering or something like that and my shells were hitting the water before he was hitting his hull or something like that or I don't know why but it did struggle to actually get like reliable like I struggled to get a citadel. Like, I got lots and lots of penetrations, like, for sure. It was really reliably penetrating him and dealing basically full penetration damage. It just was not getting into that citadel for some reason, and that's that could be my aim. It could be my aim, but I, I do think it's has to do something with the penetration of the ship. Um. So then, Tier 3. Well, there's a few different ways you can go. First of all, I'd prefer Adrenaline Rush to go, but you could take Survivability Expert, to put your HP up to 37,400, and that makes it more respectable for sure. I generally don't recommend putting Survivability Expert on any ships other than Destroyers, especially at high tiers, because it really doesn't make that much of a difference. But with the de 7 Provincia, the DZP, it, it does make quite a bit of a difference. So if you don't take that on your first time around, definitely take it on your second time around, uh, as far as taking points. Uh, adre- let's do Adrenaline Rush though so. and then for our final skill Concealment Expert do not take anything other than Concealment Expert especially especially if you take or if you don't take Concealment Module make sure you take Concealment Expert um, as far as um, you can take AA Defense later on you can take IFHE if you want although that kind of destroys the fire chance So and you do get a lot of damage from this fire chance so the 11% fire chance is pretty good on a 6 second reload uh, you can take top grade gunner. I don't really find myself using it that much. Um, yeah, so after that, like I said, take survivability expert. Excellent choice. Um, I would take superintendent then. And then I think I'd take. Mm, maybe I'd take IFHE. Maybe I'd take top grade gunner just because of the reload time buff. Um, actually, no you know what? I take the back. Does take superintendent or take um take survivability expert then take uh focus focus fire training focus fire training is good because uh, although it doesn't say it on WoW's, uh ft if you go look on WoW's ft um it. I believe it increases or de- well increases the reload speed of your airstrike so you can get it down to like below a minute for each airstrike and that's that's really strong uh, but if yeah if you don't want that if you want to take it later then you can take superintendent i would i would take it however though because you can um you can buff your aa and that's one of the real strong points of this ship um and then i'd also take grease the gears and then yeah so there's a lot of skills you can take with this thing Um, And then for your last two points after this, you can take uh, Demolition Expert for the extra 1% chance of fire. Um, Yeah, so my skills that I have for a full 21-point Commander, I have uh, uh, Expert Loader, I have Greased Gears, I have Demolition Expert, uh, Priority Target, uh, Focus Fire Training, Adrenaline Rush, Superintendent, uh, Survivability Expert, and Concealment Expert. So this is full 21-point Commander. Uh plus your your A. I'm not going to go through that again cuz that's a lot of specifications and I just don't want to drag out this episode too much. Um but as far as your uh your rate of or your reload time is the same um, on full health obviously, but if you drag it down or if we take it down to 50% health, your reload time will go down to Around six seconds, maybe uh, high five seconds, but if you get down to like really low health like you will sometimes at the end of games, you will see like five second reload times, and that's that's when the ship starts to get really strong. Um, then your 180 turn time goes down to just nineteen seconds, which is good. I mean it's not like minotaur or uh, wooster levels of good, but it is still very good. Um, your accuracy has gone up to 100, only 134 meters. Uh, horizontal dispersion 81 meters uh, vertical dispersion your consi- or your um survivability you will have thirty seven thousand four hundred hit points now your concealment will be 9.33 kilometers which is very good um there's only a handful of cruisers that can actually outspot you at that range um i believe it's it's on par with i think yeah, it's more stealthy than the likes of Cleveland and things like that. And I think only Japanese and British cruisers can outspot you then. And pretty much every heavy cruiser you're going to outspot, which is very valuable. Uh, you'll have a 7.3 second rudder shift time. And, uh, oh, I do believe I forgot to put flags on. We'll put uh, Juliet Charlie, Victor Lima, India X-Ray, uh, India Yankee, India Delta, Sierra Mike, November Foxtrot, and November Echo set to seven. That AA flag makes your AA even better. So this will get your maximum speed without a speed boost up to thirty-three point six knots. Uh, you have a fire chance of thirteen percent with all these skills. Uh, you'll have uh, reduced your fire duration will be down to twenty-four seconds only. Um, so yeah, this you know that's uh it it gets your uh ship to be pretty strong when you actually build it out and some people don't realize that um and it upgrades your uh india delta upgrades your uh heal recovery to 0.6 percent so what's the verdict on this ship well you can't obtain it yet i do think it will go back into the premium shop and the reason why is it's a real ship There's a lot of real ship collectors out there who will just buy any real ship because it was real, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, And I think Wargaming would like to make that kind of money off of it. Uh, And it's the only dockyard ship so far that's actually been real. Have you noticed that? You got the likes of, what is it, Puerto Rico, uh, Anchorage, Odin, Heisen, and uh, Marlboro, and then uh, up is going now, and then the upcoming is going to be the Atlantico. and they got the DZP. The DZP is the only real one out of any of these. I just thought it was really puzzling because it's one it's a real ship you'll never obtain again. Or as as we know so far. I mean, based on the Flint, the Flint was a reward ship for that was only for people who were going to rank out and ranked way long ago. But now it's come to people who just buy who just cough up 150,000 coal for a Tier 7 Atlanta or for with for an Atlanta with smoke. So, I mean, you Things change, so maybe we'll be able to buy it someday. But if this thing were to go on sale, I would say... I mean, I really like this ship, but I can see a lot of people not liking it at all. And the reason why is, I don't know if you noticed, but this thing doesn't have torpedoes. It doesn't have secondary armament, which I guess that's not a huge deal for cruisers, but... Um, and it's just... It's it's pretty heavily armored for a light cruiser it's pretty heavily armored but it is still just a light cruiser and you can pull the whole thing where like you know Smolensk turn broadside and just hope the shells over penetrate which works a lot of the time uh, i don't recommend it but i've seen a lot of people do it um and it is a it's a fun ship to play i really like it and i can it it's just that it doesn't really have much of a I guess other than the airstrikes, the airstrikes are very good for competitive because you can uh, get people out from behind islands and things like that because if you're sitting behind an island and you get hit by all three airstrikes of this thing, it will hurt. I've seen it do upwards of 37,000 damage. Like, yes, it hurts a lot. This ship is a light cruiser that has a punch and can do it from complete stealth with pretty good accuracy. Yes, that's very strong, but it doesn't work all the time. And I'm... Yeah, I guess... I would recommend it for those of you who are cruiser fans who like your light like, cruisers i would not recommend it for people who only play battleships and want a tanky ship if you want that go by Carnot or something like that go by napoli which i'm sure you already have at that point if you're a destroyer fan i can see you liking this i can see you getting used to something that doesn't have torpedoes um and just the the general, like, playstyle of, you know, kind of using your stealth and things like that. plays actually a lot like a british light cruiser or a British heavy cruiser. You kind of use your stealth, you kind of kite away and things. It's a pretty typical playstyle, except with the added thing of airstrikes. And those airstrikes, you have to use liberally. Because if you're just waiting for that perfect moment when you're going to find something that's come, they were hung up on an island and you just dump all three airstrikes on it and get 37,000 damage or whatever, I'm here to tell you that's not how this ship's played. I, I would recommend it for people who want a new and interesting playstyle because no Dutch ship has a, a speed boost other than the DZP, and the the kind of juking playstyle similar to like Mines or something like that is very interesting. I I really do like this ship, and the trolley armor on the stern, the 60mm around stern. I just think that's kind of funny. That's like... A middle finger to battleship shells that hit at the right ankle especially it it's it's good for if you're doing um if you're doing the mlg rudder right and you're turn you're turning to avoid all these shells and everything and if you just barely miss one and then rather than overmatching on the hull and just entering and penetrating it will ricochet off so it's a very good get out of jail free card or i didn't quite estimate those shells get out of jail free card like that's pretty funny i do like that aspect of this ship a lot and the 360 turrets are very nice. I mean, you don't realize how nice those 360 turrets are. They are very nice. I use them a lot. Or, well, obviously I use them a lot. They're the main guns. But, like, the fact that they turn 360 degrees and you're able to disengage and re-engage really fast is incredibly useful because sometimes if you're another cruiser and you're waiting for your turrets to turn around, if you're assuming you're not a Wooster or a Minotaur, um, you're waiting for your turrets to turn around, things can change in that amount of time. And with the DZP, your turrets are always pointing in the right direction. Unless you get blindsided, which you really shouldn't in in any ship, because you should have map awareness. Uh, I think I've only been blindsided, like, actually blindsided once. And, uh, yeah. So, that, I guess that, the poor, I guess, not poor, but mediocre turret traverse doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, so, this ship, how do you play it? Well, you play it like you really do any other light cruiser. It's not... That radically different in its play style, so you'd approach a cap. You go in between the caps. Is generally where I sit, especially if there's islands there, or well, only if there's islands there. If there's if some sort of island cover where I can use it to go undetected and turn around behind, I will go in between those caps and I will be very aggressive. I do like playing up there. I like supporting my destroyers, and that's the only way you really get damage in light like, cruisers. Uh, if there's if it's a more open concept map, I will be a little bit more um cautious but generally i just kind of charge towards the cap and then wait till my detection range is about halfway into the cap then turn around and kind of like slow down and i just kind of wait for things to pop up and if it's like oh my god we are getting freight trained by half the enemy team or or not half the enemy team, more than half the enemy team then i might fire up the speed boost and get out of there or i may just kind of try and stall a little bit kind of like juke go backwards or something like that um yeah, I, I might do that. Or if it's like, oh, there's two enemy ships here, usually I have my friend playing with me and we'll just push as hard as we can. And I've, I've really enjoyed this ship. I have an absolutely atrocious win, win, win rate in it now because literally every single match I get into, I have been bottom tier. I have never gotten into a tier six match in this thing. Never have I gotten into a tier six match with this thing. It's crazy. Um... I have at least, I think, no, actually, I I got into one Tier 7 match, but that Tier 7 match was, like, there was, like, two Tier 7s, and then, like, the rest were Tier 9s, and I was, like, one, or, one of two Tier 8s on the team or something like that. It was, yeah, it was, I've always been pretty much bottom tier, and this thing's done really well. It's just my team's not, and um, I don't think there's been a match that I've done where I can say, well, there's only one match where I can say that, yes, it was my fault personally, or the ship's fault, person uh, that I um, that I lost the game, and one of the times I ran and- ran aground in front of a battleship, and you can tell how well that ended. And that's not the ship's fault; that's my stupidity. But the ship is strong. It's not like something looks at you when you blow up. It's it's not like that. It's not like a British cruiser or anything like that, where you just get penned from every angle. It does have reliable armor and not like broadside reliable armor but like if you angle you won't take that much damage people are like oh well it's got a huge superstructure yeah that's the best part of it because if someone shoots in a superstructure it's a guaranteed over penetration like for like 90 percent of the ships out there it's a guaranteed over penetration and that guaranteed over penetration is good because the superstructure is massive goes down close towards the waterline the actual hull that they have to hit of this ship is pretty small and that hull is well-armored. It's got upwards of 50 to 70 millimeters of armor. And, I mean, yes, that's not impressive for for a broadside engagement or something like that, but it is angled. It is very hard to get through. You have to be stupid and show a broadside to get deaf-struck in this ship. And that's that's also something that makes this ship really strong as it's not just going to get, like, nuked across the map. Um, and, yeah, so the playstyle, span those airstrikes. You should not have, ideally, more than two airstrikes sitting... Like waiting to go. Um, usually, what I try to do, I try to keep two in reserve. Uh, sometimes I'll launch, and then I'll have two when I see an opportune moment or something's chasing me. I'll dump airstrikes in my wake. Um, yeah, so one to two in reserve. You should never really have three in the reserve. If you have three in the reserve, you're not using the airstrikes properly. Um, and generally, try to stay within airstrike range. Unless there's a bunch of ships shooting at you, then yes, don't be like, oh, I'm going to wait here and get shot at so I can get my airstrikes off, because chances are they might not do that much damage. I mean, if they're stupid enough to go in a straight line, which, let's be honest, a lot of World of Warships players are, yes, it will hurt, and it will hurt very badly. When these things find their mark, oh boy, it does hurt. You're talking about at least a fire, usually, if you get a decent amount of uh, uh, bombs to hit. And, um, if they try to avoid it, I usually try to position, uh, my airstrikes so that they make my, uh, team, or they make them go broadside so my teammates can get a nice broadside to shoot at. And that's, that's a lot of what this, um, this thing is, this cruiser is. You give your team's opportunity to, you know, get broadside shots and eliminate cruisers, eliminate battleships, you know, dump them into smoke screens so that destroyers can at least get flushed out of the smoke screen. Or they end up eating damage. See, th- this ship is really strong. It's just not like, you know, like you can single handedly carry a game strong. And I mean, I'd argue you can do that if you play it right. It's just that people, like cruisers and World of Warships are like spiders. They're some of the most misunderstood ships in the game. People just don't know how to play them right. And I don't really blame them because there's so many things that can nuke them in one go. Uh, not DZP. But, like, Minotaurs and Edbros and things like that, they're hard to play. But once you master that, they're incredibly hard to deal with. Like, a good DZP is going to be the bane of the enemy team's existence. Spamming airstrikes with... Like, once you get used to the aiming these airstrikes, they are very strong. I still think they, they're not strong enough to warrant not having a super heal. But, yeah, they are very strong. And... It, when you go undetected say you're healing or something like that or your low HP just spam the airstrikes they'll be looking for you to shut off the airstrikes more than they'll be looking for your team and now that does rely on team play and I get yes World of Warships teammates remember the average player is the average player is pretty good but remember there's always 50% of people who are worse than that and um, yeah so you often end up with people who are worse than that and they don't know to capitalize on the broadsides that they're showing you. Or if you, sh- or if you show uh, or get them to show broadside, they fire a high explosive at it or something like that. You know, in that, yes, that's one of the DZP's weaknesses is it does rely on its team more. There's no denying that, but it does have carry potential. I have carried games in Light Cruises before, and yes, it's not mindlessly carry potential like Kremlin is or something like that, but it is good. I think it's worth it. If you don't like light cruisers, obviously don't buy this if this ever comes out. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, since it's not out and it won't be out for a while again, uh, if it does ever come out again, you probably clicked on this episode for more of, like, well, what's dangerous about it? How do I kill it and everything like that? Well, so here's the thing you're going to want to do. You're going to try, if you have airstrikes, yeah, definitely try and get it to show broadside. Chances are it'll be throttle juking a lot, so try and plan for that. Once you fire, uh, at least with mine, I usually try to send it into reverse, speed up or something like that. So see what he's doing. Look at the stacks on the funnel. Um, if it's like straight out, he's definitely going to, when you shoot at him, he's definitely going to either turn out or he's going to pull back on the throttle, so plan for that. It's really hard to dodge someone who's anticipated you're dodging. And, um, if someone, if he's like, if the smoke is going more or less straight up, he's probably going to throttle out when you, um, when you shoot at him. So probably shoot a little bit further ahead. And that's, this ship's very good at dodging things like, uh, Waymar or Vimer. And then, um, yeah, uh, as far as where to shoot on the ship, you're going to want to shoot. Well, that's very hard because this ship is quite durable. Uh, do not shoot at the stern. Uh, do not shoot at the low stern. You will ricochet off of it. Unless he's giving you a flat broadside, which in that case, it's same as any other Like, cruiser, just aim for the Citadel and uh, hope for the best. Um, do not aim at that 60mm stern. It will shatter high explosive shells. It will shatter... Uh, or it will ricochet armor-piercing shells. The place you want to aim is right where the... Well, ideally, you want to aim right where the rear turrets are usually that's a weak spot on like a lot of ships and i don't think that's really a weakness in that that's 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 really a weakness on the um uh the seven province and just in front of the rear turret's like so was it x turret i think the third one you want to shoot it uh in front of there like right under that that uh, stern funnel and you'll that's usually a spot you want to hit where it's hard to hard to dodge there and it's also uh poorly armored and you'll go just you'll go through the armor really easily or you could try if you have a more accurate ship maybe a thunder or maybe a shikishima although shikishima can aim anywhere and probably hit it um uh you probably want to aim where the 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 fan tail of the ship just to the stern of the uh fourth rear turret so y turret you want to aim there. There'll be like a flagpole right where this 25mm strip of armor is above that 60mm plate. Right there is basically a clean entrance to the Citadel. So plunging fire is very dangerous to a uh, kiting a DZP. That is, I say, the biggest weakness of the ship, but beyond the low DPM, because that really doesn't matter. It has a high effective DPM because of the 360 turrets, and that's that's a whole other topic for another day. Um, don't let DPM uh, deceive you. But um, that is the biggest weakness of the ship, because when it's kiting, if you catch a shell there, it hurts. Like, 90% of the time, it's a citadel, and it hurts. So, yeah, that's where I would shoot. Uh, Also, don't, if there's a DZP on your side, and remember 13-kilometer airstrike range, and realistically, it's about a 13.5-kilometer airstrike range, because um, the... The zone at the maximum zone at which the airstrike like path can start is 13 kilometers and it goes on for like a half kilometer or so. So, you really, yeah, really, if you're within 14 kilometers, don't stop, don't go a quarter speed. It will be easy for them to hit a lot of airstrike damage on you. And it's not that hard to judge a ship's speed and course, it gets you, uh, you must take you or get used to it. What am I trying to say? English, right it takes time to get used to but once you master it someone will be able to judge your course and speed they have three airstrikes on a 65 second cooldown so it's not that hard to you know put three airstrikes in front of you and make you have nowhere to go so yeah just try and vary your course and speed as if there, there were torpedoes coming at you because that's basically what the ship's torpedoes are um and do not sit behind an island okay you don't need a lock-on to get these airstrikes to be more accurate. There's no, like, oh, you have to see the ship to, to lock-on and get, like, with your shells to get it more accurate. You, it's the same accuracy whether you can see the ship or not. So I can I can look in a smoke screen and find tracers and plot my airstrikes right on that, and it's essentially a free spotter plane is what it is. It's, you get the same view as if you had a spotter plane. You can see over islands and things like that. It's amazing. That's also what's really strong about these Dutch ships. Um, and I will hit those tracers, and I have caused immense pain to cruisers that way, and that's, that's another strong thing about this ship, so, just don't sit behind islands, you're not safe, you aren't, I can hit you anywhere I want to within that range, if I'm in my DZP, so, yeah, that's basically what, um, uh, the Seven Provincia is about i also got the t-shirt of this thing if you go on a world of warships uh, merch site they have some pretty cool t-shirts i got like a schlieffen t-shirt and a bunch of different t-shirts there's one for this one it looks awesome uh i recommend buying it also i was not sponsored by this this was a christmas present i got and i like (laughs) it anyways um yeah so i got a few emails uh asking for uh me to play with some people in world of warships i don't really do that uh it's nothing against you guys i really do like my audience it's just that i'm not consistently on world of warships there's some days where i'll play for like four hours four or five hours on end and then i'll go two weeks without playing again so it's yeah i play with some of my friends i know but i really i just i get nervous playing with people i don't know so it's nothing against you i know you guys are probably all very nice people it's just i'm not gonna do that so sorry about that um if you feel like it, you can check out my merch store. Uh, please, like, sp- subscribe to this podcast if it's a, if that's how your uh, podcast uh, listing service works. If not, please give me a good rating. Well, if you feel that way. If you don't, well, I guess you know what to do. Uh, anyways, I will see you next time, captains.